Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Those are the three numbers when you talk about a signing bonus. It's guaranteed money. Guaranteed money at signing and uh, average per year. You know, those are the those are the main numbers that when you're talking about it, those that's what's important when you come about Nick Bosa. And so Nick Bosa, will he play week one? I think that that's that's a great question. But when when you really have to understand the contract situation, you'll start to understand where the 49ers and Nick Bosa, who's not necessarily to blame, but what side you kind of have to think about. When you talk about the when when you talk about the contract, Bosa's ask is likely going to be: I want the highest APY, I want the highest total guarantees, I want the highest guaranteed at signing. Is that a is that a fair ask? I honestly think it absolutely is a fair ask. When you talk about it, the numbers haven't been reset this offseason. It's been T.J. Watt's deal that was the main uh, you know the main offsetter um, when you talk about contracts and things like that. T.J. Watt's deal was the main deal. That really uh, set the market, right? He got a four-year deal, um, got $80 million guaranteed at signing and things like that. I think that when you talk about the overall structure of deals, that's a deal that you definitely got to look at. But TJ Watt signed in 2021. You know, every other deal after that, uh, well, Von Miller signed in 2022. But if you look at APY, TJ Watt clearly clears that. Aaron Donald signed in 2022, but nobody has signed this offseason. So you already have the benchmarks. You have the parameters for what a deal is going to be like. When you look at Aaron Donald's deal, Aaron Donald is earning $31.6 million average annual uh, value. And then if you look at the signing bonus, he also got the highest, or sorry, TJ Watt got the highest, $35.59 million, just edging out Joey Bosa's. Remember, Nick Bosa likely will exceed all of these numbers. Guaranteed at signing, TJ Watt, $80 million. Aaron Donald's all the way down at 46.5, given it's a three-year deal. And then when you talk about practical guarantees, meaning guarantees in terms of money, including like injury guarantees, well, guess who's not number one? It's Joey Bosa at $102 million. So let's take all of these numbers at face value, right? Again, Bosa's $102 million in guarantees comes on a five-year deal. TJ Watt's was $80 million in guarantee, which he got at signing. And so... I think that when you look at all these numbers, let me characterize it for you. One, Nick Bosa likely gets a five-year deal. And if he gets a four-year deal, 
it'll still come in uh, excess of the average annual value of Aaron Donald at $31.6 million. Meaning, expect a deal in the $32 to $35 million range in average annual value. Now, does that number truly matter? No, because Nick Bosa likely doesn't see the full course of this deal. What do I mean by that? Do I think he's going to get traded? No, but that's a possibility. More so, you expect an extension, you expect a restructure, or you expect a trade. You don't see Nick Bosa likely going through all five years of this contract with the way it's going to be structured. Why? Because at the end years of Nick Bosa's contract, he's going to be getting paid much lower than what his cap percentage is in the early portions of the contract, especially as the cap hits start going up. Why? Because the cap consistently is going up and up and up. That's why the 49ers, you know, you can budget for that by backloading the deal, understanding that, you know, that, that part of the contract might not be seen. It might be a new contract. And so that's why the average annual value doesn't truly matter as much. But what really matters, the guaranteed money at signing. TJ Watt got $80 million guaranteed at signing on a four-year deal. If Nick Bosa gets a four-year deal, expect a number in the at least $85 million range. And I think $85 million is a fairly reasonable last. That's essentially three fully guaranteed years for Nick Bosa. I think that with the way that he's played with the Defensive Player of the Year type of year back in 2022, I think you deserve three fully guaranteed years. And if the 49ers don't pay it, there's going to be a team that does. Then when you go to fully guarantees, it's right now at Joey Bosa with $102 million. That deal was in 2020. I think you're going to see more than 102. And this is probably where the biggest you know discrepancy is, given that Nick Bosa does have an injury history with a torn ACL, but has also played very well uh, outside of that. I think this number might be in the $115 million range, you know, a significant increase from the $102 million at the moment, but that's where I think Nick Bosa wants the biggest increase in mind. Again, let me say this. All of this is reasonable. All of these asks are reasonable, which is why right now the domino falls on the 49ers with a guy like Nick Bosa, not only in terms of what value he provides you on the football field, but more so the way that that family negotiates contracts, there is no lowballing. There is no meeting in the middle. You've got to be able to meet the demands or at least meet the numbers in a way that match the percent increase that in accordance to what the market currently is. And those are the numbers I just outlined around 85 million in terms of, um, you know, guaranteed at signing at least 120 million in terms of total guarantees, and then about 32 to $35 million per year on that Nick Bosa deal, which could be a five-year deal or a four-year deal. Both could uh, both could be in play here. So a lot of numbers there, but in my opinion, I think the 49ers right now are the ones that are lacking to get this done, and that's why we've got to place them right now under concern. There is not a sense of urgency right now in the building because it's already Tuesday, Tuesday night. If Nick Bosa doesn't get this deal done before tomorrow, there's a very low likelihood that he doesn't play. And right now the trend is not, he's not going to get this deal done before tomorrow, which is concerning because in a, in a year or in, an, in the NFL where one game could be the discrepancy between for the first seed and, you know, the second seed or the first seed and the third seed, essentially getting a buy in the first round of the NFL playoffs, that's huge. And one game could also be, you know, the discrepancy between the division and becoming second place where you lose out on a home game. There are so many different factors that go into it. And the 49ers need to treat every game as a serious game in 2023. 
And that's where we lead to, will Nick Bosa play in week one? Right now, my answer is no. I don't think Nick Bosa will play in week one. And I don't think that that's going to be a good sign for the 49ers. I think every single week that Nick Bosa misses only adds to the already heightened leverage that Nick Bosa has. That's something that you've got to understand as well. And that the 49ers are going to have to play to Bosa's demands at some point. But it's also not like it's going to be exorbitant demands. They're expected demands given where the market currently is and when the last market increase was, which wasn't this offseason. It was last offseason when the cap was lower than what it is this offseason. You know, you've got it's it's thinking in that kind of accordance rather than just thinking in pure numbers and pure analytics and things like that. But on Nick Bosa, I think right now the 49ers need to have more urgency. They've got to be figuring out a way to get this done. And that's the disappointment that fans are feeling. I don't think the disappointment should be placed towards Bosa's camp. Instead, it's got to be on the 49ers onus to understand that while you do want to protect your long-term security in a deal for sure, especially one of this magnitude, you also have to protect what you currently have with this group. And that is the importance of winning a Super Bowl. And you only have at least a chance to do that once Nick Bosa's on the field. Before, because without him, who is it? It's Cleveland Farrell and it's Drake Jackson. There's a significant drop off there when you talk about the 49ers and their schedule. Do I think they can win games without Nick Bosa? Yes. I think when you look at the first four weeks of the schedule for the 49ers, you can create an argument that all four games are winnable. You talk about Pittsburgh. I think the 49ers, you know, going into that game as favorites, you can win that game. Then you face off against the Los Angeles Rams, a team right now that has improved for sure, especially health-wise compared to last year, but also is facing injuries of their own to guys like Cooper Cup. That's a winnable game. You face the New York Giants at home. Is that a winnable game? I believe so. And then the Arizona Cardinals, who have an argument of being the worst team in the NFL at home. That's another winnable game. So if the 49, you know, you could technically get through the early slate uh you know, the early state of games without Nick Bosa and still be fine. But if you drop one of those games, there's a heightened amount of pressure on you for the remainder of the season. And also you're going to be looking in hindsight as to why the 49ers didn't get a deal done earlier. Now that's what I've got to say on Nick Bosa. Now I want to get into something that I haven't done on the channel yet this off season, something I did last year and something I want to do before the season starts. That is my scheduled prediction. Because I haven't shared what I kind of think what the 49ers are going to do this season. And we've got all 17 games here up on the screen. When you look at it, the 49ers, they start off on the road against Pittsburgh. You got 17 games on this slate. A couple of interesting ones, a couple of primetime ones, and a couple of tough opponents for sure. I'm going to just go through every single game and just give you my thoughts. And again, this is a pre-season kind of prediction. Just want to give you my thoughts on each of these games and where I think the you know, the 49ers ultimately end up. Week one on the road against Pittsburgh. Not many people may like this. I think it's a loss. Right now, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be more so low scoring, but I do think the 49ers don't come out with a win in this one. Am I putting more faith in Kenny Pickett than Brock Purdy? No, but I think right now the Pittsburgh Steelers as, as a whole, more cohesive unit. And I think that, you know, on the, uh, on the road, the 49ers are going to face a tough challenge. That Pittsburgh defense is no joke. And the 49ers have some strong, strong players on their team. But George Hiddle, nursing a groin injury. That's something, you know, that he's nursed now for two consecutive seasons, one that caused him to miss time at the beginning of last year. This is something you're going to have to worry about when it comes to George Kittle. 
And overall, the 49ers have a couple of players nursing some key injuries. Talano Hufunga with a Baker cyst. you got Deshaun Gibson nursing some undisclosed injury. Drake Greenlaw came back from a hamstring injury this week. They're all saying they're good to go. You do have to worry about that early season, um, you know, the early season rust when it comes to injuries and returning from them. That's something that I think definitely has to be put in play. I also don't know if the offense will start strong. The 49ers don't have a tendency of starting that strong, right? I mean, last year was a monsoon game. You look at that 19 to 10 deficit to the to the Chicago Bears. That's something you got to look at. But overall, this team doesn't have the the best, you know, it's not notorious for starting strong. And I think over there, you've got a very well-coached team in Pittsburgh marked by a good, good, you know, a good defense where you've got players that can play at all three levels. You've got TJ Watt on the other side over there, which might be a tough, you know, opening welcome to the NFL moment for Colton McKivitz. And then you've also got a fairly solid offense, better offensive line than last year, where, you know, last year's offensive line was pretty, pretty poor for Pittsburgh. They added to that. They traded up. They got Broderick Jones at tackle. They also signed um, James Daniels. They they have a couple of pieces, you know, on that offensive line. They've got a, you know, I think it's it's going to be a little improved compared to last year. I'm going to say that Pittsburgh comes out with a win in week one. Moving on to. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Week two, though, the Los Angeles Rams, even though it's on the road where, in essentially, it's a home game for the 49ers, I think this one's going to be a win. I think the 49ers will come out swinging against the Los Angeles Rams. They've had their number in the past few years. And I don't think that while this Rams team has improved, there's still some injuries. You don't know what's going to happen with Cooper Cup at the moment. And I think that right now, without Cooper Cup, I don't know if the Rams can have a firepower offensively. You look at the weapons there, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, they haven't really had strong, strong NFL careers to where you can trust on them to be a number one throughout you know the entire season, let alone one game. And so I'm right now I'm going to place my faith in the 49ers. I think they win this game and start off one and one that leads them to a Thursday night bout against the New York giants at home. New York giants are not a bad team. They made the playoffs last year. I do think that they're going to pull out a win here. I do think that um, they start the season two and zero, a nice start on prime time as well. Haven't always had the best start on prime time, but the 49ers, I think that they're going to be able to pull this one out. The Giants, solid team, but I do think the 49ers have them well covered, especially if Nick Bosa returns. I think that that's a huge key, especially if Nick Bosa returns, because you're going to have, you know, a strong battle there between Andrew Thomas and Nick Bosa on the offensive line or defensive line. But the the Giants, not as big of a fan in their, in their entirety of the offensive line. Saquon Barkley's there, of course, but... The weapons there aren't as strong. You've got Darren Waller. The 49ers, though, have done a good job of limiting tight ends overall. And then defensively for the Giants, I do think that it's a good matchup for the 49ers as well. Um, I mean, you've got some strong pieces, definitely. That defensive line is definitely improving every single year. You've got Dexter Lawrence in there, who I believe got paid. You've got a couple of young guys, Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari. You've got a couple of young guys for sure in there. Um, but I do think the 49ers pull this one out. And then week four against the Cardinals, it's a win. Um they're not going to have Kyler Murray for that game. And I think that the 49ers can get through comfortably. So heading into their toughest battle up to date, which is week five against the Dallas Cowboys, Sunday night football at home. 
They're going three and one, according to me. I think though that they lose here to Dallas. This is a good point. Um, that the 49ers aren't good on prime time, but I do think that the 49ers do win the week three game, but here they lose on uh, uh, to Dallas in prime time. You know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough matchup. The 49ers though have had the better of the Cowboys in the past few years, but I do think that they'll come out a little flat footed here in this first, uh, you know, appearance. They could see each other in the playoffs, but I think that they'll end up losing this game, go three and two coming out of week five. Then they go to Cleveland. Week six at the Cleveland Browns. This one's another good one. Um, I think the Cleveland Browns will be improved as well. I, I do expect a better year from Deshaun Watson um, on the field. I, I do expect a better year from Deshaun Watson, you know, um, in, in year two of that offense. And I think that overall, when you look at that offense, um, I mean, Nick Chubb's still there. You've got a strong offensive line. You still have good receivers and Amari Cooper um, out there. Uh, David Njoku continues to improve. And I think that defense is a little solid. So I think that that's a solid game. Do I think that this is a slam dunk win? No, it's on the road in Cleveland against a pretty tough opponent who I think can make some waves this year, albeit in a tough division. Do have the 49ers pulling out with a win in this one after a tough game in week five. But the thing I want you to notice, look at these weeks five to eight. You've got two road games, two home games, but four pretty tough opponents that can, you know, cause a grind. I think that this is going to be a very important part of the 49ers schedule here. This week five to eight going into the bye week, I think that this is going to be, you know, a pretty determining factor when you consider how the 49ers have started in years past. Hovered around 500 going into their bye week, and I think that that could be a similar case here. I have them winning against the Cleveland Browns. Have them winning against the Minnesota Vikings as well, even though it's on the road. A Monday night game there, but on a short week at home against the Cincinnati Bengals, I think they'll lose going into the bye week. So I have them at five and three going into the bye week. You talk about Minnesota, it's a similar offense. I mean, it's the Kevin O'Connell offense, who's a Sean McVay disciple, who is a Kyle Shanahan disciple. I think it's a similar offense, um, but I think that offense, I mean, when you when you look at it overall, it's a solid one. You got Justin Jefferson, Alexander Madison, I think is this pretty, pretty darn solid running back. Kirk Cousins has done well, albeit not on prime time. So that could be, you know, a factor into why I have him winning. I think that there are a lot of things that you could look at here uh, into another good matchup, but I think they come out with a win there, but come out flat footed against Cincinnati Bengals in a really tough matchup. You go though past the bye week and it's, it's not like the games are slowing down. The, the, the 49ers are playing the AFC North, I believe the AFC North this year. Those are four tough teams. You know, you've got the the Browns, you've got the Ravens, you've got the Bengals. Those are those are three tough teams right there. And then you've got a team from the AFC South here, the league leader uh, last year in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the 49ers, though, can pull this one out with a win. I think they go six and three coming out of the bye week. Both teams have their bye week there. I think freshening up will help them in this week 10 matchup. They did play the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, two or three seasons ago. But I think they come out with a win here. Tampa Bay at home. Comfortable in them winning here. That leads them to seven and three. But now comes another, another tough stretch. You got Seattle, you got Philadelphia, and then Seattle again. And I think that this one could be, you know, a, a, a tough one, not only for the division, but also for the NFC overall. Because Philadelphia Eagles likely are the other team in the contending race for the number one seed for the 49ers, at least the top two seeds. Uh, it projected right now are the Eagles and the 49ers that week 13 matchup could ultimately indicate who goes and becomes the number one seed in the NFC starting off though with week 12 a road game on Thanksgiving 
I think the 49ers lose. I think they're going to split with the Seattle Seahawks this year after sweeping them for the first time last year. I think they're going to split. I, I like Seattle this year. I think they're a better team than last year, and last year they made the playoffs as a wild card team. Their offensive line should improve. They're young guys. I think they should improve. You got Charles Cross, Abraham Lupus there at the tackle positions. You've added another piece and uh, two other pieces in Zach Charbonnet and as well as Jackson Smith and Jigba. You got two more pieces to an offense that really didn't lose too many pieces. You retain Geno. You, you got a good offensive core there. Defensively, you added um, ooh, from the Broncos, the defensive end, forgetting the name off the top of my head. Uh I apologize. Got a big deal. Draymond Jones. There we go. Three-year, $50 million deal this offseason. Pretty solid deal for Draymond Jones. You add him, not necessarily the biggest fan altogether, but I think he's still a very solid player. That's another piece. You added Bobby Wagner. I mean, you got Tariq Woolen still in there. You're going to have a healthy Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. I think this team is definitely going to improve this year. Maybe not on the record-wise, but on paper for sure. And that's why I think they'll split this year. Week 13, though, against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm running back my prediction from last year. I don't think the 49ers win. And that's unfortunate to say, but I don't think the 49ers right now will win against the Philadelphia Eagles, even if it comes down to a matchup later on, especially though in the link. I think that's the tough environment when you talk about it. They played in that environment last year. You're going to have Brock Purdy, at least hopefully going to have Brock Purdy barring any injury in week 13, but I don't see him pulling it out. That leaves me at seven and five heading out of week 13. You've got the Seattle Seahawks again. Like I said, I think they'll split. I think they take the one at home, lose the one on a short week on the road. So you got Seattle in week 14. I do think they'll pull that one out. I do think they'll pull the week 15 out against the Arizona Cardinals, sweep them this year. And that, I think, keeps them right now at 4-1 and one in the division heading into the last three games. I have them at 8-5 and five now going into the last three games. Beat the Arizona Cardinals. Or Sorry, it might be 9-5. and five. Nine and five going into the last three games. You beat the Arizona Cardinals there. Baltimore Ravens. This is a Monday night game on Christmas at home. But I unfortunately had the 49ers losing. And it's tough because some of these games that the 49ers are facing, they're great opponents, but they're coming to, you know, they're coming to Levi Stadium. And so you might see them win, you know, pull out one of the one or two of those. At the moment, though, have them losing to the Baltimore Ravens, dropping them to nine and six on the season. You travel to Washington, you face the Commanders, sneaky team this year. I think this could be a trap game. It's a sneaky team this year. I have them winning, though. I do think that they'll be able to pull this one out, you know, with the urgency kind of coming along at the end of the season. The 49ers are a great second-half team. They, they've been, over the last two years, when they've made pretty strong playoff runs, they've been a great second-half team. I think they're going to feel the urgency here and pull that one out. They played the Commanders recently as well. We're able to win in that game. Think they win one, although I think the commanders, you know, are improved this year. Week 18, though, Los Angeles Rams at home. Do think the 49ers win, sweep the Rams, go five and one in the division, and end 11 and six. A lot of different movement here, but I think the 49ers are going to be able to go 11 and six this year. If you talk about, you know, the different things around the 49ers right now, uh, I mean, with their schedule, I think that there are a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of different things that you can look at. One, the difficulty of opponents in 2020. Three. You talk about different opponents the 49ers will face. You face the Ravens, who should be improved this year after some major injuries last year, including Lamar Jackson. You obviously face the Seahawks twice. You face the Eagles. You face Jacksonville, who made the playoffs last year. You face Cincinnati, who makes the playoffs last year. Minnesota, who made it. Cleveland was just short, but they're a strong team. 
You face Dallas, who made the playoffs last year. And then you face the New York Giants, who made the playoffs last year. And then a P Pittsburgh Steelers team, which, you know, you can never count out the Steelers as long as Mike Tomlin's your head coach. Pretty, pretty strong schedule for the 49ers here this year. Not to mention, they're always going to be a team that travels a lot, given their, you know, nature of being an NFC West team. So there's a lot to consider here with the schedule. Nick Bosa, that's why. You want him there for that week one matchup. Projecting the 49ers to lose right now, projecting them not to have Bosa. They have Bosa, you know, it might be a different story. And that 11 and 6 that I project could go to a 12 and 5, which might be strong enough to help you win a division and an NFC championship, uh, or sorry, NFC uh, title. So, you know, you've got a lot of different moving pieces here. I think the schedule, though, is going to be a tough one for the 49ers this year, especially, you know, uncertainty right now at the quarterback situation. We'll see how Brock Purdy responds when he's out there for a full game rather than just one or two drives. Very excited to see that. But it all comes down to a halt, you know, in just five days when the 49ers face off on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll wait and see whether Nick Bosa is going to be at that game or not. That'll be a huge question, but this is a, you know, going to be an exciting year for the 49ers. We started off with Nick Bosa, going to end today's episode with the schedule, a shorter one today. I'm by myself, but tomorrow I will not be, we'll be with Marco. We're going to have a fun show. Make sure you guys tune in, but thank you guys so much. And we will catch you guys next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.